And we're back. Welcome back to Drink It In Podcast. I'm absolutely thrilled to bring you an extraordinary lineup of interviews where I sit down with some of the most influential rabbis of our time. Together, we will get a peek into the world of a rabbi, their triumphs, their trials, and everything in between. We'll uncover what it truly means to be a rabbi. This is Drink It In, the podcast, and I'm your host, Jordana. Let's jump into the Rabbi Roundup. Hi, everyone. Welcome to season 11 of Drink It In, the podcast. This is so exciting. I can't believe season 11. Like, where does that come from? It's like, it comes from consistency and hard work. That's where it comes from. Okay, but, but um, I wanted to introduce, this season is called the Rabbi Season. Right? At first, you might think that's a little scary, but I, I got some good rabbis here. And I wanted to introduce you to one that I've not met personally, but I have definitely engaged with via social media and definitely love his energy, love his vibes. And I said, okay, if I'm doing this season 11 about rabbis, I must have rabbi raps. So Rabbi Ravs, I want you, if you kindly could introduce yourself, tell everybody maybe where you're from originally, where you're located now. That would be sure. great. What an honor to be on your podcast. Thank you very much. Se 11 seasons. That's remarkable. I don't even have one season of a podcast. So I'm like, I'm blown away. Yeah. Uh, that's that's wonderful. I uh, My name is Avraham Rappaport. Uh, I live in the Atlantic City, New Jersey area. My, I grew up here because my parents are Chabad uh, Rabbi and Rebetzin in the area, um, and I went into the family business. So I'm also a Chabad Rabbi in the city called Ventnor. It's a little beach town. Uh, it's a terrible business, by the way. If you're looking for a business, Jordana, don't go into the rabbinate. Okay. But, but it's, very, <laughs> it's very meaningful. <laughs> That's, uh, now, now, it's interesting. You said you grew up Chabad. Was that... Like you, oh, you grew up in this area where you are right now. Yes, I grew up. My par my parents were sent by the Lubavitcher Rebbe in the early '80s to open up the third Chabad house in New Jersey. It was in Atlantic City, New Jersey. I grew up here. I joke around with people that uh, I'm the original Hasidic beach bum with sand between my toes and a uh, a sitter in my hand, a chumash in my hand. It's really to create an image because as a kid, I probably wasn't holding a chumash or a sitter. But <laughs> so, let's, so let's talk about that Rabbi Raps as a kid. Let's go there. You mentioned that. Let's go there. You know, because when I think Chabad, I know I, I'm, I'm sorry to be so stereotypical. You know, I think about Crown Heights. And then from there, people branch out. So you're not Crown Heights. You're from this area and you stayed in this area. So what were you like as a kid? Um, I don't know if you want to hear about that, but uh, <laughs> no, I, I grew up here in Atlantic City. Um, the, the children of Shluchim um, have very interesting lives. It's not easy to grow up in a community with absolutely n almost no from people. Uh, all my friends are secular. I, every birthday party I went to, my mother packed my own little cupcake because I couldn't eat the food there. But what it does is obviously creates a very strong identity um, and, and a sense of mission where we are. Uh, my parents came to this area and really uh, brought a tremendous amount of Yiddishkeit uh, for more than 35 years. 
um, in the Atlantic City area. I grew up here. I went to Lakewood Hater. So I'm a Lakewood Hater success story. Wow. Okay. So how far was the drive that you had to go to school every day? It was like uh, about an hour and 15 minutes. Now I moved out. I I moved away. I wasn't going to be a rabbi. If you want, we could talk about that. I ended up in this area. And now I live here with my wife, um, Masha. We run a large community here, a lot of programming for teens, adults, seniors, everything. Um, and my kids go to school in Lakewood as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and it's a very difficult thing to, there's no kosher food here. Uh, we're the source of kosher food if people need it. Uh, there, as a kid, there was no kosher food. My kids uh, have a lot of friends. They're not religious. They're not sec- they're, very, they're secular, but they feel like they're not only friends, but they're there to be an example and to share about Yiddishkeit. And that's what we do. Wow. So then if they ever complain, they're like, I don't know if they call you Tati, Daddy. It's a long schlep to school. You're like, well, I did it. <laughs> so recently we got ourselves a little crash pad and we started staying there three, ty- three nights a week in Lakewood. Oh, this is a new thing. This is new. Yeah. Okay. But that's nice because you know what I feel like, you know what I'm saying? So it's really nice. Very good. Good for you. Good for you. It's actually for religious people from people. They don't even realize the luxury of having a choice of pizza shops and restaurants. minutes away. And my open the door where we stay, we stay in this very yeshivish block in Lakewood. Uh, Wonderful people. And I opened the door and my kids run. It's a bungalow colony. And they could just eat in anyone's house. Uh, kids just walk into our house. They don't know us. They open the fridge and take food. <laughs> I mean, we, we're not used to this. To live in a from community is a luxury. It's beautiful. And we appreciate it now, like temporarily. We're doing it a little bit now. And uh, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. So now you you touched on it. What did you want to be when you were younger? Not a rabbi, you said. <laughs> um, so, well, that's, um, by the way, can I just take a step back? You know, yes. you're doing, yeah, you're doing a podcast about rabbis. Like, to, honestly, rabbis are like the most boring people in the world. Not you. Are you sure you <laughs> want to reconsider? Like, the, I'm the, picking the good ones. You, okay. rabbi, I'm picking the good ones. That's why I picked you. You are I, definitely not boring. You know, rabbis are wrapped up in a talus and they're praying all day. You know, that's, I mean, okay, whatever. But since you asked, um, I always wanted to be, um, from a young age, I wanted to make a, be a filmmaker. Okay. Uh, my bar mitzvah money went to buying a camcorder. And I actually ended up uh, opening a film company. And it wasn't my intention to be a rabbi. Okay. And it sort of happened by accident. In in my family, uh, and in Chabad in general, everyone gets smicha. It's sort of like a rite of passage. And my brothers are in business, some of them, some of them are rabbis, but um, they all have smicha. They all got rabbinical ordination. Uh, I was not going to be a rabbi in practice. I always loved telling stories. Um, in, in creative ways. I o- opened a film company the day I, dr- I graduated rabbinical school. I got my smicha the next day. I was already dabbling in it as a hobby for years. I had a, a company that made promotional films for nonprofits. That was my niche. I did a lot of Chabad work around the world. And that's what I thought I was going to do. Mm-hmm. And then? <laughs> and then 
um, my parents asked me to, to, you know, I needed a place to live and I was going to live here and help out on the side. Mm -hmm. And I'm traveling the world during the week, uh, all over the United States, interviewing the most amazing Jewish leaders, people who are, but not rabbis because they're boring. (laughs) (laughs) Well, rabbis and rabbitsons. Okay. Together. Um, and, and. Yes. And, and I'm, I'm telling their story and it's my job to tell their story well. Um, and I'm telling their story and I'm inspiring myself by my own work because they're amazing. I'm talking about, you know, Chabad and not Chabad, like people who live all over building communities, inspiring people, uh, running nonprofits, uh, dedicating their lives to others. And I'm loving to tell these stories. At the same time, I'm sort of helping on the side of my local community here uh, with my parents. And um, intention was to work on the side as a, you know, as community organizer, as a rabbi, as a shliach. And somehow, I don't know when it happened, but eventually I I was doing more and more of it. I wanted to do uh, the things that I saw people doing, and it was so inspiring to me. Um, And and, uh, somehow, at some point, I don't have time to make films anymore. You know what? Until recently, yeah. Right, I was going to say, but now with the social media, it's like a king full circle for you a little bit. Yes, true. And uh, I, I think it's a it's a blessing. Uh, only about two years ago, I discovered this thing called Instagram. And uh, I've been having a lot of fun ever since. And you're doing it so well. And you've been so successful with it, giving off the message and just, you know, your positive vibes and your positive energy. And it's, it's just, there's a way about you. And I think that people find it very endearing. And uh, that's probably why so many people are attracted to your page, to your platform. And thank God you uh, do it with such a Kiddush Hashem, I I find, really sanctifying God's name in a really special way. And that's really why I feel special to have you here. But it's it's, it's a real compliment coming from you because you're doing a great job on social media yourself. All those videos about Torah and Judaism. Yeah, we're supposed to be drinking because it's called drinking. Right, drink it in. Um, I got the right stuff. You got the right stuff. They go, you said drink it and not drink it up. Okay, so (laughs) I get people say that all the time. But, you know, it's it's funny. You said, um, I wanted to go back to how you were saying how it, you know, you were doing this and it came to be. Like, I know when I was starting out in my profession of teaching, it wasn't something I didn't want to be a teacher when I was younger. I wanted I wanted to go into banking, and I, I remember that's that's a, a different thing. Why it was like really selfish. Probably would have done pretty well as a banker too. But anyway. thank you, thank you. But then, like one of my teachers had said to me, um, Jordana, you're such a people's person. You need to do like things with people. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And I don't want to do that. And uh, ended up that I just like to do what I'm good at. And I was pretty good at it. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll go and do this. But it's interesting when you said that you got inspired by people. For me, when I became a teacher, the first thing I wanted to do, sorry, any teachers that had, that I was their student. I said, I wanted to be the teacher I never had. I'm so sorry if you're listening to this. I'm sorry. I just, not that you guys were bad. It just, I needed more. And so that was my goal for 28 years was to be the teacher that I never had. And um, it's so funny, you know, I, I, I want, you know, you've had that, you know, you find that there are people that uh, are raised a certain way and they want to continue that path of how they were raised. And then there are people that Dafka, I'm going to do the opposite of whatever I was raised in. And 
right? You have it, you can have it both ways. And so I was definitely, I wanted to be the teacher I never had. <laughs> I wanted to give that gift over to my students. So I, I think I was successful in that, in that realm. Thank God. Yeah, And, and, and back to story, storytelling, a teacher is a storyteller, a yeah. podcaster, a influencer, we're, we're telling stories. Yeah. And, yeah, um, yeah. Okay, so now, so now, where did your wife come into this picture? But first of all, I want to tell you about your wife. You said Masha's her name. Yeah. So cool because I'll tell you why that is so cool. Because my my grandmother, my grandmother's name is was Masha. Okay, so and and for a while, well, no, she passed away. No one has actually named after her because they're like it's really Moshe Ima. It's Moshe just in like a girl version. Like, what is that? And I'm like, well, I don't know. It's Masha. Like, it's Masha. There's like, her English name was Martha. So, um, but but no one has really named after her yet. I'm still waiting. Maybe somebody will do it. So that's why it's so cool. I'm like, oh my gosh, someone named Masha. You know, they're like, I've heard Mashi, but you refer to her as Masha. Is that right. a common bad name? No, no, no. Mashi is a short for Masha, actually. Okay. I believe. Yeah, and it's a Russian. It's Russian roots. It's Yiddish roots. It's it's connected to Moshe. You're right, and right. from the idea to draw, there's a lot of meanings. I'm I'm not a name expert. I can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, is it is it like a is it a popular? Is she, I assume she was also Chabad and still Chabad. Is that yeah. a popular Chabad name like Mendy? You know, like I made a I joke. Particularly like Chabad. No, I don't think no, so. Oh, okay. But it's, it's, it, there's a lot of Russian people with. Masha, I've heard. Okay. That. So where yeah. did your wife come into the picture? So here so, you are back at home. And then yeah. she grew up in Miami Beach, Florida. Her father was a Chabad rabbi and ran a Judaica store, uh, is a Chabad rabbi today. Anyway, she uh, did not also intend to be running a community, but we both fell into this together. And uh, today we, we find it very meaningful. Um, you know, talking about rabbis, you know, like what is a rabbi to different people? Rabbis are different things. And yes. in, in a from community, a rabbi is someone you go ask a shayla to, you know, you have a question, mm -hmm. right? You just shechted a chicken and you're like, rabbi. Okay. Maybe not that, but you have a question about your mezuzah or whatever it is. So the rabbi is your rub and that's a rabbi in some communities, some communities, the rabbi, you know, wears a talus and looks holy in front of the shul and, you know, don't bother me. I won't bother you. Uh, for me, in my community, most of the people are secular, very secular Jews. So it's like a different, it might be a different connotation than in other communities. For me, they'll come Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. They'll come once in a while on Shabbos. Uh, God forbid someone passes away. I'm very involved. Someone's sick. They'll come ask me to say a Mishaberach. A rabbi is someone they'll ask to do a wedding. It's, it's completely different than I think a regular from community. Much of what I do is community building. Um, we run a school for children. We run uh, um, teen programs. We run programs for seniors, meals. It's really about building Jewish life and Jewish community. Yes, I give shirim. I give classes as well. Um, and uh, um, there's social programs, but it's really about creating a space for many different kinds of Jews, many different backgrounds to come together and celebrate Jewish life. So, I, so if I could coin this a little bit, like as it says in Ethics of Our Fathers, in Pirkei Avot, right? Yeah. What, what's, if, you, if you get yourself a rub, it's really like a friend, right? Yes. So I, you're I, a friend. I would like, that's a beautiful explanation. Yeah, I would love to say I'm, I'm, I'm the friend. I, I try to be a friend to many. Right, exactly. So that, that, that's where your role comes in, I think, 
you basically live the life of Pirkei Avot more than, than what we see sometimes, that, like you said, in an observant community, um, the rabbi's life is, is, is not, uh, not much of a life, really. You can't, you know, you're probably, those types of rabbis are a little stifled every two seconds. Like you said, there are questions. You know, you might uh, facilitate and help in a wedding, but in more of a predominant Orthodox community, you could be having a wedding every night, a bar mitzvah, a funeral, God forbid, a bris, you know, it could be like constant and maybe that doesn't afford the rabbi time to breathe. That's true. So you have a little bit more breathing space, would you say, oh, or not? No, because you're... I don't have time to breathe. I'm sorry. Oh, you don't have time to breathe? <laughs> What are they doing? They're studying Torah all day. What are you? I'm the one who can't breathe. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> we'll, t- we'll take us through. A, take us through a typical schedule for you, like on a daily basis. What's a typical schedule for you? Or it varies so much. Oh, there's like I have no idea what's going to be. I might be um, koshering someone's kitchen, checking a bakery to make sure it's kosher. Um, I I might be installing a mezuzah. I might be doing a funeral. Um, I deal with fundraising, so I'm working on events. Um, Atlantic City, there's not many options for kosher food, so mm-hmm. it's not why I'm here. But we get calls every single night um, for kosher food for Jewish travelers. So now I have someone that's here every night. I have out of the shul, sort of like a restaurant. People come, they give a donation, they get a meal. But, you know, that's always someone's got to oversee that and run that. We run a day camp. We run um, programs for children, for teens, um, seniors, Shabbos dinners. Groups come for Shabbos. Someone's got to feed them. Uh, And then, like, you know, 10 minutes before the the sermon, I have to come up with a sermon too. So, yeah. So, I mean, don't, don't tell anyone I said that, but, (laughs) but, but, but now, so if you, you come across so many different people for, for the past so many years, curious, what would, do you have like the funniest thing that ever happened to you in this position? Like what, like, like looking back, like, oh my gosh, this was like the crazy funniest story. That's too much pressure. I can't remember like the funniest story, but we had a lot of crazy stories that happen every day. Atlantic city is, is, is an interesting place. It's uh, it's, it's a place of gambling, a place of unholy activity. And I'm like, just in the shadow. We're in the last, next town over. It's Ventnor. It's actually more of a uh, vacation beach town. But like Atlantic City is our jurisdiction. My parents are there and I'm working with it. So there's always interesting things that are happening. Some things that are good and beautiful, like a family retreat. And sometimes like someone ends up in prison for some reason or gets into trouble. And the first person they call is always us. They lose their money, whatever. There's always stories like that. And uh you know, I could probably write a book. Um, I was actually thinking about a great title, The Rabbi of Boardwalk Empire. And anyway, it's a work in progress. But I mean, people, I've had a, a woman once call like Erev Shabbos and she's like, I haven't seen my husband all week. None of the credit cards work. He had a, a gambling addiction. And, yeah. uh, you know, to, to go and, you know, Erev Shabbos, try to find someone in a very unholy place that probably people are looking like, what's he doing here? Right. And put my hand on the guy's shoulder and say, okay, you're coming with me. And, uh, and boy, he looked up like he needed someone to do that. He couldn't pull himself away from that table. And we, we got him away. We got him home. Um, When I was a kid, people would, 
come and, and lose all their money. Mm. And um, a, a normal site I would see is like, and this happened all the time. Someone used to come to my parents and be like, uh, I lost all my money. So in the early years, my father used to give, here's 20 bucks, go get a, a bus home. All right. You know, the joke, I went to Atlantic city with a $50,000 car and I went home with a million dollar bus. Oh gosh. Right. So um, you got a ticket. So, I mean, this is the kind of stuff we saw. And then the person would come back two hours later, you know, I took the money and I gambled it. Right. So you have to learn to take someone and put them on, get, drive them. And how many people did we drive back to New York and drive back to different places they came from? So, um, you know, there's always interesting things happening. And also Atlantic City is like an interesting town. You know, on one hand, you have people in my community that are don't know much about Judaism and they're excited. They want to learn they hear a story, they learn about a new mitzvah, they're thirsty for more. Teach me something new, Rabbi. So I have like that. And then like sometimes you bump into people that might be running away from their communities. And where do you run to? Where's the easiest play to run, place to run to from Philadelphia, from Muncie, from New York? It's, where could you get lost? You come here. Mm -hmm. So you, I might be sitting around the Shabbos table and like one person is like leaning forward. I want to know more. And one person is like, I'm trying to actually get away right now and, yeah, and just yeah. to see these worlds collide, the worlds of people just moving in different directions. And oh, I mean, my hope is someone that comes here, regardless of where they're holding in life, they, they have an encounter, hopefully a positive encounter. Um, and, and they're uplifted and, and they would want more Yiddishkeit. And that's that's my goal. So you would. So like just taking back on what you were saying, I guess you see a lot of addictions. That would be like the downside, um, but the upside is, um, I guess, the helping that you could give um, to those people. You know, do you ever find it draining or you know, disheartening that you see so much? It's a good question. Um, sometimes it's very disappointing when you're trying to help people and you know they need real help they need when i say real help they need professionals and right. there's only so much you can do and, and that can be very you know that that is draining that is you, you, you put a lot of effort you know it's not what we do every day i have morning to night we're very busy in our community what we're doing and then when a problem comes up you have to stop everything and do it and it's the greatest mitzvah it's the greatest honor to be able to do that but then sometimes you realize that this person is going to need some real help and it's not Mm -hmm. it's up to me right it's out of your hands so what would you say has been the most rewarding uh part of your job so far like like oh my gosh like jordana this this you won't ever believe this <laughs> ah these are you know you're good at questions you make me think i have to give you a good answer now this is wonderful <laughs> most rewarding I, you know one of the beautiful things about what I do. And I think many shluchim or rabbis involved with people in community, life becomes so magnified. Mm -hmm. You know, unfortunately, when it comes to sad things, like you're at a lot of funerals, you're a lot of shivas, and it, and it, and it becomes mad. You, you, you're experiencing people's loss and, and it makes you appreciate life. And so much, just like anyone, God forbid, goes to a funeral. They walk, no one walks away from a funeral and they're the same as they were before. People are changed in the process. They're just like, oh, my God, what am I doing? Like, you know, you rethink everything. So um, life is very magnified. I'm 
I do many bar mitzvahs and many weddings and many funerals, unfortunately. And, um, and what happens is it just, it's just a constant reminder how every day and every moment and every gift is literally a bracha as a blessing and uh, how, how lucky we are with what we have and how grateful we need to be. The present is a present. The present. Wow. Yes. The present is a present. Yeah. But come on, you must have something like from all your travels, something that you could give us that you like, this, this really inspired me the most or one of the most, I mean. Uh, I don't know what's the most. I could just think of things that pop into my okay. head. Randomly. Okay. So let's hear. Let's hear. I mean, I, I don't yeah. know. How, yeah. <laughs> I'm we nervous to into your head, so that I'm just like. <laughs> uh, we had a situation a couple of years ago um, that uh, unfortunately there was a girl from religious community got involved with some bad people and mm -hmm. drugs, and, and she was actually in a situation that she was kidnapped against her will in a casino for more than a week. Wow. She could leave, but she was afraid for her life. Her life, and she was dealing with some really bad. She got met, involved in some really bad people and situations and how a person gets there. I wasn't, you know, part of their story. I don't know, but obviously it was a lot of struggles in life that puts a person into that kind of mm -hmm. circumstance. And, um, it was a, it was a long ordeal. The person, the, the girl's friend sent me a message late Matzah Shabbos at like 12 o'clock at night through Facebook randomly. You don't know me. Uh, I don't know you, but you're there. You got to help my friend and said, she can't leave. She's afraid for her life. She has nowhere to go. Um, and so we arranged actually to uh, take her away from the casino. She snuck out. Um, I didn't know who she was. It was very strange because I'm not going to just bring someone to my house. We have to find a place for her to stay. Um, and we were involved with her and her family getting her to a safe place uh, where she went for help. And I just got a call literally um, a couple months ago uh, from the mother because I lost it's many. It's like eight years ago. I just want to let you know this girl has um, gone through therapy and and uh, to a program and now she, and she's fine. She has a job for a couple years. I just want to let you know she's getting married at the end of the week. I thought you should know the end of the story. She's doing great. She met a wonderful from guy and, and she has a completely different life. And the family attributes really the turning point in her life that we were able to help her. It's very humbling to do that. But when you hear us, like, I don't know everything that happens with all the people I met, meet. You never know. You don't know where people go or, what, you know, what, what becomes of people. And you hope for the best. And sometimes we don't want to look too much on them because, you know, now it's someone else's job. But when you hear a nice story like that, that like yes. makes you look back and say, wow, um, you know, I did good. <laughs> <laughs> this, it's not about me. It's about the person, you know, about the people. Right. Yeah. 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 I hear that. I hear that. You know, it's, it's you know, it's interesting you say that. Um, first of all, that was very nice of that mother 
I thought so too. I didn't get an invitation. They forgot about it. She's like a few days before the wedding and like her mind's probably racing. She's like, I should probably read. And I, I told her, I'm so happy you share that with me because right. I always wondered what happened. But right. I don't, you know, I'm not gonna always going to go and snoop and find out. I'm hoping that I don't want to know sometime. Right. But, but I'm saying it's really special that someone takes the time. First of all, if you think about it, it's all in the middle of the simcha for her. I'm sure the mom had a lot going on, but yeah. for her to take the time to appreciate and to thank you and to, you know, to express her words of gratitude to you. And it, it really shows a lot on her part because sometimes we don't get that. I'm sure you, you could have a million stories like that, right? Rabbi Raps, where, where you probably were a terrible part of so many people, but like you said, you don't know, but when people take the time, people don't, that, like I, I could shift that even over to social media right now for a second, right? The, how important it is sometimes people don't realize, and I say this numerous times, the feedback that people give. If you if something inspired you, if something resonated with you, it's it's such a kindness on the audience and the listeners' part to let us know. Because one, it's nice to know. <laughs> Two, it reinforces that we know the message we're giving is going to the right places, the right ears. And it, it helps us and motivates us to do more. Like, I'm sure that just juiced you up like big time. Wow. Okay. I'm in the right place. I'm doing the right thing. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And and this, what you're saying about social media is so important. Um, you know, you, you don't know the uh, the impact. And sometimes people share with you the impact. It's, it's a boost. It's like, right. okay, I'm putting effort into this. And it's like, wow, uh, it's, it's, it's helping people. And I definitely encourage people to to whoever you follow, uh, to to if the, if they move you, they inspire you, they help you, let them know because pe most people who create, Jordana yourself, it's on the side. Myself, it's on the side. We create on the side, and sometimes it's like I don't I don't have time for this. Do I have time for this? It's making a difference, you know. But when you hear feedback, I, I had a beautiful story happen for me just uh, last week where um, I went to. Uh, someone's house to install a mezuzah and I find out, Oh, everyone follows me. Oh, okay. Very nice. <laughs> and then it turns out there, the, there's um, a young woman, a daughter of the couple who's on a personal journey of teshuva. She's come a long way. She's not, I wouldn't say from, but she's like doing tremendous steps that she never did kosher Shabbos on some level. And for their family, it's actually a point of contention. Mm. because the parents are like, what's wrong? We've raised you with, you know, we go to synagogue on Yom Kippur, you know, we, we don't eat uh, pork in the house. Like what's wrong? Like you, you're getting crazy on us. Right. And it's like a point of contention in the house. And it turns out that, and so I was there putting up the mezuzah and the girl says, I just want to thank you for your videos. I said, why? And it was a young woman actually. And she's, I said, why? She says, because my dad loves watching you. And every time you put an interesting video, he comes to me and we talk about it because you might talk about this tradition or that mitzvah or that minhag. And it suddenly there was like all this constantly. My dad was always like, oh, I you know, you're into crazy stuff. And now he sees that he's following. He enjoys the content. And he's following someone who's telling him the same things she's talking about. And now they actually schmooze every time they schmooze about this mitzvah that mitzvah a world that he never even knew existed 
And mm-hmm. anyway, she was just thanking me. She says, you saved my relationship with my father and my personal journey. There was like, the, you know, there's two obstacles. That One obstacle is it's so hard to start doing mitzvahs. Like if you were doing things one way your whole life, to start doing mitzvahs, it's mm-hmm. what you eat and Shabbos and so much and it's so difficult. And we have Yitzhahara. And then if your own family member is like giving you a hard time, it's difficult. And, and she says, you literally saved, you know, our family dynamic. It was a little story, but it actually gave me a tremendous boost. I was like, that's beautiful. Thank yeah, you. It is a beautiful story that you've, you've enhanced the family relationship, a connection between a father and a daughter, as well as Yiddishkeit. You know, if, even if you take the Yiddishkeit out of it, just the fact that you've were conduit to that type of connection or reconnection is, is so beautiful, you know. I, you know, I, it's so funny. I wanted to get into when you started social media. I also started a short time ago, but it happens to be my oldest son. Yeah, had done social media many years ago. Many, whatever. It's like five, six, seven for me. That's seven, eight years ago. He was on. He started an Instagram. He was a dancer on Instagram, and and he had he had gone to uh, a school called Waterbury. I'm sure you've heard of it. Yes. Yes. And um, I didn't even know what he was doing. I never had social media until like two, the fall of 2019. I think that's when I started social media. And um, he, he, here he is. He's in my kitchen and he's like, hey, Ima. I'm like, yeah. He goes, I'm live. I'm like, live? What are you talking about? <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, and we're, and he's like, okay, I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm cooking. I'm just like doing my thing. And then I remember when he, you know, he had his graduation. It, it was like prior to his graduation. It was he was in twelfth grade in Waterbury, and he was making his first seam ever, which was a very big, amazing accomplishment at the time. For us, we were very proud of him. And um, I walked in, and one of his friends comes over to us, and he says, "I want to meet your mother. I want to meet your mother." I'm like, "Okay." So he comes and he goes, "Ima, this is so and so. He wants to meet you." And he says, "I just want to tell you." I watch your son's lives and when you're on the live with him, it it just inspired me to have a better relationship with my mother because I love the relationship that you and your son have. Wow. So, and here I, I didn't know anything about social media and I was like, okay, <laughs> like whatever, I'm just cooking in the kitchen and he's going live, you know, I'm just, I'm just being me. And, and I thought that was, that's, I think like, uh, that was a little window into what I saw could happen perhaps with social media a little bit and then i just start i did for my own reasons whatever this this is not about me it's more about you i'd love to know how you started uh tapping into it and why you started the social media like where to where what happened with you where'd that come from besides the filmmaking part yeah um so it started during covid because Mm -hmm. no one to talk to and i'm used to having people pretend they're listening to me so um (laughs) During COVID, um, I made this little video of how I was locking the shul, and this is Hashem wants us to dive in our home today, you know, like that was my little video. I put it on Facebook, and my um, and it got like popular amongst my little Facebook group, whoever followed me, and my sister who's younger than me was like, that was a great video, uh, nice story, but you know, Facebook's for old people, you should put it on, <laughs> on Instagram. And I didn't know what Instagram was. And of course, I got over, I was a little offended at being called old. And I I, I was starting to make these daily videos, a little story, a little Devar Torah, a little joke. 
and eventually uh, I, I got Instagram and then I learned what TikTok is and I'm on all the media platforms right now. Um, it very quickly, I realized the power of social media. Um, that's how we're connecting to people today in a beautiful way. I love the story you said. This kid saw a healthy relationship and says, I want that. I think that we could shine a lot more than just Devar Torres through social media, just life, uh, positivity, uh, acceptance, um, you know, all that. We could do so much. Right. Uh, and I really think that this is the, this is the, this is our job in this generation. We have to use the technology Hashem gave us in a positive way. And I think that, you know, if we stayed in the shul or even stayed on Facebook, <laughs> there's a very little impact we're going to have compared to what we could have. You know? Right. The reason why I was laughing is because when when I also started making these videos and my my daughter said to me, Ima, uh, hello, you're making videos, right? Just put it on social media. I'm like, what? She's like, Instagram, Facebook. I'm like, I don't have any of that. She's like, okay, I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> So that you know, so that's that's really uh, how it uh, started a little bit for me, but uh, yeah, I do think you know I interviewed somebody in one of my other seasons. I'm trying to remember which season it was for, but I can't remember right now. But that's not important. But she also has a very large following on TikTok and Instagram. And I remember when she said something, and I don't know how many. I'd be curious to ask you if you ever pay attention. How many people see your stories a day? Um, and she just in passing said, oh, 6,000 people at the time, she might have more by now, 6,000 people see my stories a day. And, I, and it hit me. I don't have 6,000 people seeing my stories. And the only thing I thought about at that point in time, and I remember I shared it with my other son, I was like, can you imagine? I said to him, if I had 6,000 people listening to my stories a day, that means I have given over to 6,000 people every day, words of Torah. <laughs> like, right. So I'm curious, what do you have on your, do you mind me asking on your uh, story? I'm not sure how many are on my stories. I, sh I guess I could take a look and, and check it out. But it makes sense it's in that, in that range. Uh, I have like 300,000 followers between Instagram and TikTok. So right. when I think about that, same thing, it's like unbelievable. Like I used to be, talk to 20 people and now I'm talking to, you know, and some of the videos have millions of views. And I right. feel like, how can we not be using this platform to communicate with people? You know, right. this is feels a responsibility. Blows your mind, right? Blows yeah. your mind when you think about it, to think that so many people have heard a message and, and you don't even, it just, I just find it. I, it's like, my heart is like jumping out right now when I think about it, like, the potential of how powerful it is. Um, it's just, it's just, it's amazing. It's an amazing feat and it's a, a special gift to be able to do it right. And a responsibility. Yeah. And you're doing a great job. No, you're doing a great job. <laughs> Keep it up. Um, you know, but the key is we have to do it short. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it used to be, if you had something to say, you had to fill 20 minutes, you know, right. You really analyze it from all sides and Today, if you can't do it in one minute, right. don't say a thing. No one's listening right. to you. It's so funny because I had to transition to a little bit into that. It's so funny you saying that. And then I remember one time somebody asked me to come speak. And, I, and I'm like, how long do you want me to speak for? They're mm -hmm. like, 
30 to 45 minutes. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's very funny because I got accustomed over COVID to be making every story and everything into 30 right. seconds. Like, right. and then afterwards I had to speak and I felt like, how do you feel? How do you feel 20 minutes? I had to relearn how to uh, right? give a sermon versus being a uh, influencer. <laughs> online. Okay. So you relate funny. to what I'm talking about Absolutely. here. Absolutely. Yeah. First, it was like a skill just to get it down pat, to give that message, to be impactful in, you know, in a minute, a minute and a half, depending on now Instagram allows it a little bit longer, you know? So yeah. maybe well, sometimes I'm looking for two long, Right. They're switching to back to long for, for, form content again. A lot of these. Right. Lives. Right. I got to go as much as it says to no more, like if the click that, it used to be like, if you if someone had to click that button to keep on watching, no one they're not necessarily going to keep on watching. <laughs> so I got and and also you have to be able to say it the right way because the first yes. three seconds are the determining factor if they're going to watch the rest of your video. Yes. So never we should never start this week's parsha says <laughs> that is like sorry. Oh my gosh! And for, well, I don't know for you for for a lady. There's also another pressure. I'm just putting it out there. There's a pressure. Okay. On what we wear. Uh-huh. You might not have that. I'm not sure. But right. definitely I get comments. Oh, I liked your outfit. I'm like, what about I said? I said something. You can't uh you, you think twice before turning on the camera. Do I have the right uh, lighting everything. I don't think about that. I think my wife would like me to make sure I'm tucked in all the time. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> it always happens, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's, okay. it's, it's, it's it, you know, it took me a little time to find my personal, and I'm saying this because I know people who are watching, a lot of people are thinking about creating, right? A lot of people want to start creating. And I believe that everyone should be a creator, really. Like Hashem gave everyone a gift and a message and a, a vision and a pair of eyes to see the world in a way that no one else does. And we're all meant to be influencers. I really believe that. Whether we do it in a loud way, in a funny way, or in a quiet way, we, we have the tools at our fingertips to share our unique light with the world. And I encourage people to come out of their shell. And in so many people watching this right now, would they know they have a gift and they're just, something's holding them back. And, and I felt the pressure for many years of myself, um, just turning on the camera. I was self-conscious. I don't know about you, Jordana, but at uh, especially I used to have a hard time, my classes going live. I was always afraid. Maybe I made a mistake. Now I tell everyone that I always make a mistake. There's only 93% accuracy on what I say, you know? So when someone writes, Rabbi, this, there's another opinion. I'm like, yeah, I'm only 90. Look in, look in my, uh, 93% accuracy. I, I don't make any correction. No, but I'm joking to, to come up, to overcome that is not easy. And uh, so I'm thinking now you're telling me, you know, you have to worry about, you know, what are people going to say you're wearing that this is another challenge. Right. But another I really, yeah, but I really do hope that people who are, are watching this or any kind of social media, you have a gift, you have uh, a message that no one else in the world has. It's because it's your life. It's what you've gone through and, and do it, pick up the phone and start whether you put on makeup or don't put up makeup, create content. Right. You know, it's so funny that you say I I had so many things going through my head when you're talking so many things to share. But I think I'll I'll say it with 
this idea when you said everyone has their own personal message. I once, you know, how could we talk the rabbi and and the nuts Rebbitzin? How could we not have put words of Torah into this right now? So I'll I'll, I'll add it. Um, I heard this beautiful thought when we talk about the Amida, uh, the Chazar Hashats. When the Chazan is repeating, he repeats everything from the silent prayer, and he repeats all of our words. But when it comes to the prayer of Modim. All of a sudden, he says his portion. Everyone, if you know what I'm talking about, in in the in the Sidur, it's divided two columns, and then all of a sudden, we say our own when he's repeating. And I once heard this beautiful thought because when it comes to being thankful for what we have and we want to show gratitude, no one can do that gratitude. No one can give over that message for you because we all have our own personal message that we want to say. And so, even in the Amidah, that typically everything is said by the Chazan to represent us. There's a point even in there that we have to still represent ourselves, and right. that's uh, and that's really what you're saying that everybody has a message, and hopefully, you know, unfortunately, it could be negative or positive, and hopefully, people will find the positive voice to give over. Sure. So. Yeah. Um, and what you're, you know, when people brought the Bikurim, also every Jew got up there and said their own. Um, the same thing the other guy said, and even if they didn't read Hebrew. Why didn't the Kayan do it? But like you said, like Hashem wants to hear from each one of us, because even though it's the same words, the ones I say, the ones you say, and the ones someone else says, it's all different because it comes from a different experience and a different feeling and a different meaning and a different thought. And um, yeah, so uh, yeah, you're right. But it's a good thing you gave the Dvar Torah because then people are going to listen. So. <laughs> That's true. But it's you're right. Everyone has a different flavor. And I think that's the beauty of it. And I love and that's what I love. I love listening, you know, to all the different uh, ideas. And I think it's beautiful that there's an array out on social media of all the different flavors of Torah. Yeah. So there's something for everybody. And, and I hope really people tap in and I hope people will check out Rabbi Raps if, if they're not checking you out yet, because the flavor you give is fruity and uh bright and energetic and insightful at the same time as well and i really hope people take advantage of that um because you're you're really doing a wonderful job so before we sign off rabbi raps is there anything that perhaps i didn't ask about being a rabbi that you felt the need that you'd love to share i think um if you have any specific questions i'm happy to answer but i think you did a great job in interrogating me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, in asking wonderful questions. And for those that are watching, uh, uh, listening to this, and they don't follow Jordana, where are you? On Instagram, on TikTok, on... Facebook. Uh, Facebook. Facebook? What are you doing on Facebook? I got, I got to tap into all ages. <laughs> By the way, Facebook is a very powerful... Um, Today, today, it's a, I would not skip Facebook. Just don't only do Facebook. That's the point. Right, correct. Yeah, right. but I am the I'm the strongest following is definitely for me is Instagram. I I'm not catching on to TikTok. I don't get it yet. Yeah, I'm trying. Right. I don't really understand it. I but okay. I got to play with it more. But I'm trying. Really, my best. It's really what Reels is on uh, right Instagram. That's pretty. Reels is just trying to copy the TikTok. People, at one point, TikTok was people dancing. Today. Doctors, lawyers, account, everyone's right. teaching. And rabbis and rabbitsons and teachers, yeah. should, Jewish teachers should be teaching about Yiddishkeit. Obviously, we can't skip over the reality that social media has its dangers, especially right. for young people, for everyone, but especially for young people. Um, 
so we have to be careful. And I just, that, I think it's worth saying that it's, you know, limit the time that it's used and, and the material and the information that's out there. Not everything's the holiest, not everything's right. like this podcast. So uh, <laughs> we have to protect our children and ourselves as well. But um, thank you for the opportunity. Oh, this was a great honor. Thank you so much, Rabbi Raps. Anyone who's listening, if you're ever in Atlantic City, New Jersey, and uh, you get arrested, don't call me. No, I'm just kidding. If you're ever sitting <laughs> in New Jersey, you need some kosher food, pick up the phone, call Chabad. You might actually get me on the phone. So, so that's a good thing. Where, how's the best way for someone, if they wanted to reach you, since you're on so many platforms, what's yeah. the best way someone could reach you if they had a question or they wanted to ask something? I'm pretty available on um, Instagram uh, direct message. Okay. Uh, not I don't really check everything, but there I would check. And, okay. um, and it's you personally. It's you personally responding. Yes. I don't have a team. It's just me. Okay. And, and I'll, I might get back to you a week later. You'll forgive me. There's a lot of messages, but I try to get back to everyone. Okay. Thank you so much, Rabbi Raps. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Have a good night. Drink It In is sponsored by OKClarity.com. OKClarity is the place for any Jew, no matter how from or religious you are, to find a top-notch therapist, psychiatrist, coach, or nutritionist. And it's completely free. OKClarity.com's professionals are vetted and have extensive experience working with the Jewish community. If you're in the market for a therapist, coach, nutritionist, psychiatrist, or the like, you want to check them out. If you don't find what you're looking for, they have a concierge service where you can complete a short form and they will personally match you. If you are a wellness professional, I highly recommend joining their directory. Their team is amazing and professionals receive referrals effortlessly. OK Clarity also has an amazing WhatsApp status with over 8,000 obsessed followers. And yes, I am one of them. Their WhatsApp is a free way to improve your mental health and they post great humor. So you'll laugh too. If you have WhatsApp, shoot them a message at 917-426-1495. That's 917-426-1495. And we'll put those links in their website in the notes. So smash those links. You won't regret it. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of Drink It In, the podcast. You can find all my episodes and so much more at maverickpodcasting.com. Come connect and say hi with me on Instagram at drinkitin underscore Jordana. If you like the show, leave a five-star rating wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next time.